Welcome to the 5G Techvitory podcast, where we will explore the hottest topics in 5G with some of the industry's leading minds. and the poll. So many of the top players in the industry are working on green networking strategy. It's in the process. Some are implementing or something. Then which is the main factor we should be focusing on? So many things, so many stakeholders, so many directions, priorities, power management, cooling systems, base station emissions or something else entirely. So let us begin with the poll. Please go to the platform. And next to the comment box, there is a little nice round circle with a little eye in it. That's uh, the poll. Just push the button and it says, which do you think is more energy efficient, 4G networks or 5G networks? Uh, simple question as this. So which do you think is more energy efficient? Just push it, submit it and you will see the results so far. But we will reveal those at the end of this discussion. So now, please welcome moderator, co-founder of True6, Julia Gifford. Julia. Hi, everyone. Yes, round of applause. Thank you. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us in what is today's and 5G Techratory's final uh, panel discussion. And they certainly have saved the best for last, or to be more pertinent, the most important for last, because certainly this is a topic that affects all of us now, and more importantly, uh, the future generations. And of course, we're talking about the green network evolution. And when we're talking about sustainable sustainability, there is so much that we can talk about from the cradle to grave, uh, from sourcing materials to delivery to supply chains, to uh, life expectancy of hardware, to uh, recycling um, and end-of-life disposal methods. Uh, and in this panel discussion, we'll be focusing mostly on the network efficiency aspect of uh, the 5G green network evolution. And today, together with me, I am joined by panelists, uh, Peter Wennerstrom, Head of Strategy and Business Development for Europe of, from Nokia. So thanks for being here, Peter. Uh, we also have with us Graziano Catucci, Chief Technology Architect of Hewlett Packard Enterprises. Um, and online we have joining us Chris Hogg, Executive Program Manager of NGMN Alliance. So uh, hi, Chris. Thanks for joining us uh, online. And uh, thank you to our panelists in Riga for joining us. Uh, now, before diving in, I would love to ask each of our panelists uh, to briefly introduce themselves as well as their connection to the Green Network Evolution topic. Uh, so maybe, Graziano, we can start with you. Yes, of course. First of all, thanks for the opportunity for to be here. And um, my name is Graziano Gatucci. I'm a chief technology architect. I'm working at uh, Europe Pactor Enterprise in uh, Spain. And Madrid, and uh, I'm focused uh, on the apl applications of artificial intelligence and machine learning on the power efficiency of uh, 5G networks. Mainly, the focus is on the 5G core networks. And we will get into those later on. Thank you, Graziano. Uh, Peter. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, as responsible for strategy and business development, the, the requirements of my customers are or our customers are, are you know, at the forefront of our minds right now. And ESG in general, and power efficiency especially, 
has become a much increased importance for all our customers in the last period. Quite right. Uh, and Chris. Yeah, thanks, Julia. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Chris Hogg, Executive Program Manager from NGMN Alliance. So NGMN is a operator-led uh, alliance uh, with over 80 companies uh, from operators, vendors, and academia. Um, we have three core topics in NGMN. These are disaggregation, uh, green future networks, and 6G. And uh, obviously, we're here to talk about uh, the sustainability topic, which is uh, green future networks. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, so getting into my first question, um, with each generation of mobile technology, uh, we see there are improvements in energy efficiency. At the same time, as we see those use cases grow, we are also seeing a growth in energy consumption, driving up that use of, of energy, so thus exceeding the previous generation's rate of energy consumption. So is it possible to break this cycle of increased energy consumption? Uh, and if so, how? And here I would love to ask Peter for his perspective. Sure. Um, now, first of all, I think it's it's important to recognize that you know we, these we're talking about equipment which uses power, right? They cannot ever become without power because they're active equipment. Right? Um, but I think we can absolutely get the curves to diverge and decouple. Um, and when we look at the future evolution of the networks, we're seeing that those two curves are going to diverge within the next couple of years, and be significantly decoupled by 2030. Um, and that's not going to come from one thing. It's going to come from, there's no magic wand to make that happen. It's, it's a myriad of smaller steps that would go across the entire network. Um, so if you focus on the radio network, um, you can talk about at least four different areas. One of them is the hardware itself. The hardware generations, every generation of hardware is going to be more power efficient. Um, if you look at the software in the base stations, the, you will have new functionalities for switch on, switch off, for example. If you look at the network management and um, the, the way you manage the network, you can, you can implement software functionality, for example, for switching off sectors, switching off frequency layers, um, and overall predicting traffic patterns, which allows you to, to, to save energy when and where you can. And then <clears throat> you can also actually design the network for power efficiency. If you think about how we have operated networks um, in the past until now, Network operations is, has been typically historically focused on the performance of the network. Right? And in recent years, we have seen that there's an increased interest in financial operations, meaning looking at where do you have the largest financial return from a certain way of designing and operating the network. And I think the third step that, you, that we will start seeing emerging is green ops, where you will actually design the network for energy efficiency as, as a primary focus. Um, and of course, that would go hand in hand with, uh, with financial operations, probably because of the energy prices. Um, so you can see a, a shift in the thinking on the design and the operation of the network. And all those things together are going to help us actually save more energy over time and make the networks more power efficient. It won't go down to zero, obviously, right? But we can make sure that the energy consumption per bit is, has a completely different trajectory. So to follow up on that, so you're saying that networks can be and will be designed for uh, energy efficiency. When? Are we already seeing that now? Is that in the near future, in the far future? We're already seeing it now. We're already seeing um, 
operators looking at uh, switching off frequency layers, for example. I mean, we have an energy crisis now in Europe, in Northern Europe, the, the energy prices are very high. Um, the way to do this right now is you need to, you know, physically switch off um, an, a, a certain frequency layer. What we can look at with software functionality in the, fewer to, uh, in the future is to do that much more dynamically in, in much more real time and with a great degree of flexibility, which allows you to also microsave. You switch off a certain layer for a certain period of time when it's not needed. So nighttime, for example, you might not need the capacity layers that you would need during daytime. Great, thank you. Um, when taking a look at the research that's out there, uh, an international group, the Center for Research into Energy Demand Solutions, they say that it isn't clear if 5G networks can reduce energy consumption costs. Now, this is, of course, a provocative question for many of the people in this room. And they're saying that it's because of a lack of publicly available peer-reviewed uh, studies and standardized KPIs. And I know that this is a topic that Chris has been putting a lot of work towards. So Chris, can you comment on this? Yeah, thanks. I mean, the, I, I think, I, think the, 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 I agree with all the points that have just been made by the previous speaker, uh, that it's, uh, it's the end-to-end -end picture you need to look at. Uh, that in order to ensure that 5G is the most energy efficient technology going forward. Um, in terms of, of, of KPIs and, and uh, measuring, um, it's worth saying that NGMN Alliance, we, are actually, we do actually have a group that's looking at uh, key performance indicators for uh, green networks. And you know, this is exactly uh, the, the kind of topic. What we want to do is to uh, encourage and to provide the tools for operators to be able to look at their uh, sustainability picture, uh, both in terms of environmental goals, but also in terms of energy consumption and quality of experience, uh, and to have these tools available to them so they can compare their uh, set goals, look at their uh, current performance, and you know compare future performance. So. Um, you know, at the same at the same time as we are uh, working collaboratively to come up with solutions for uh, improving network energy efficiency, uh, and I, I can talk a bit about that as well. We are also working on providing uh, the measurements that would be required uh, in order to, if you like, incentivize the industry to move forward. So thank you, Chris. So it sounds like there are a lot of tools on their way, but from what I understand, they aren't widespread. Uh, in, in their adoption yet. Is that correct? Uh, I, th I think that, I mean, certain operators do report certain KPIs in their, uh, in their sort of sustainability reports. Um, I, I think the issue is that they're uh, not all necessarily reporting the same thing. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's part of the challenge. Part of the challenge is to, is to understand what is relevant, uh, what do operators need in order to measure uh, in order to, you know, help them move forward, um, and you know, you can imagine it's a, a as um, as already intimated, it's a very uh, complicated picture uh, where there's, you know, there's lots of moving parts uh, around energy efficiency, um, and it's it's not just the operators; it's it's also, uh, of course, uh, the the vendors in terms of developing uh, uh, solutions. Um, so. Uh, looking at things like cooling, looking at things like the uh, the engineering of the antenna, uh, and so on. Uh, so, 
I mean, that the industry really is trying to take a, uh, an end-to-end -end approach uh, in order to, to solve this, this challenge and to make uh, networks more energy efficient out of the box, but also more energy efficient to operate as well. well thanks for clarifying that. Um, mm -hmm. Now, one thing that is a general observation about the way society works in general is that chances are we're not going to go back to using technologies uh, that are less energy consuming. Uh, we're not going to, probably not going to fly less, uh, dramatically less than right now. Uh, we're not going to say no to AI because, you know, it demands a lot of energy and that sort of thing. So really the only way forward uh, is to out-innovate ourselves in terms of making those technologies that we use as sustainable as possible. And, and so, Graziano, I know that you've been doing some work in this field. So, uh, what are the potential technologies that we can look to um, to support us in that goal of continuing to use these society-altering technologies without doing harm to our environment? There are, there are several technologies that uh, have a huge impact on the old uh, 5G network. And uh, first of all, we have to say that uh, one of the most uh, important one um, is the run component that is responsible probably for the 70% of the power consumption of a 5G network. It was true for the previous generation, it's still true. Fortunately, there are uh, several technologies that can be applied for the run and for the core network uh, too. And uh, there are specific technologies because we can improve the power amplifier of uh, a run. We can uh, uh, apply some intelligence to a run to properly shut down and wake the run only when there is uh, traffic. And uh, these are the specific ones. But uh, the most important uh, are really the ones that can be applied transversely to the old um, network to run, to the core, and that the ones that are coming from uh, uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence, because the, uh, another important aspect of 5G, a real, novelty, a real novelty is not just on the equipment, the improvement of bandwidth, but it's also on the disaggregation of network. This is an important aspect because it let us to uh, use today uh, generic hardware that can be on-premises, cloud data centers, DH. It's a very important use case introduced by the 5G that is completely a novelty respect to the previous networks. So having so many different possibilities, we, could, we can um, retrieve all data through sensors and we can also uh, leverage on the progress uh, on the, all the novelty coming from uh, other, um, um, other industries that are not the, only the the, the networking one, so for example from data centers. So we can apply artificial intelligence to retrieve all the data about temperature, pressure, and we can apply rules using the, all this data coming from sensors just to regulate, for example, the pumper for the, for the cooling. Cooling is another aspect, is another component that is responsible for the main power consumption of the cabinet of a run or a data center. And we can reuse the same results to all these, uh, to all these um, uh, dis uh, distant aspects of the network. And uh, another one is more related to 
specific aspect that uh, can be the classification of the energy level consumption of a network. So then we can be when we can when we buy an apartment, we know there is a classification of this apartment of our house, and the price of the house is lower on the, be, uh, in relation on the classification of this. Uh, of this um, house, of this building. The same concept can be applied also to the 5G network because with traffic models evolve during time, over time, and uh, also the hardware changes. So it means that uh, new components can be replaced to, can, can could be more, uh, more power efficient, and we can measure, we can classify all these uh, different uh, combination of uh, traffic and hardware that we have in order to properly classify and to understand over time if uh, our uh, network is still compliant with the classification that uh, obtained at the beginning. That sounds very hopeful. Um, at the same time, it sounds like these are all technologies that are in development right now that we will see in the future. Um, and uh, the question, uh, which I would like is to bring it back to the right now and, and to the near future, and uh, with rising energy costs, um, so, so are rising also the costs of running mobile communications. So my question for our panelists is, uh, will we see a point where it becomes no longer economically viable um, to run uh, these mobile communications? And would you think that, uh, uh, you would think that mobile communication, mobile operators would be interested in reducing those costs? Uh, and so the question is, are you seeing uh, action being taken? And if not, what should that action be? If there's... Uh, anyone who would be willing on taking this. Peter. Um, well, first of all, I think a, a couple of things. First of all, um, we're focusing now mobile networks on 5G, right? But fixed networks also consume a lot of energy. Right? Um, the endpoints of fixed networks are, you know, by a factor of 1,000 more common in a given country than the number of base stations. So fixed networks also aggregate to have a very high energy consumption for nationwide, right? Um, I think, if you think about yourself, which, at which point in time when you cut down your cost do you say, I don't need connectivity anymore? I think the priority of that goes somewhere after you shut down the lights, maybe the kitchen, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it has such high priority for us that I think it's, it's un, unforeseeable that we would somehow start to disconnect. Right? Whether that's fixed or mobile, I think it's going to be a combination, of course. So I think the focus needs to be on, on actually providing renewable energy in, in constant supply, right? Rather than saying that we can't afford mobile networks. I think the affordability, people are gonna prioritize connectivity. That's a basic thing. But there are a lot of things that can be done um, and a lot of things that are being done already. I mentioned a number of them. Um, we mentioned some here. I'll give you two very concrete examples. One of them is liquid-cooled base stations, which actually exists already today. It's, we have deployed a few of them. Where instead of heat dissipation and, and cooling from air conditioning, you actually capture the heat through water. So you don't need air conditioning and you get hot water that you can actually distribute in a building, which is a very neat way of using the heat dissipation from the base station, right? And, and we have deployments of that already today. Another example is pretty much every base station has a, a battery backup. And you can use that battery backup for peak shaving by actually feeding that energy back to the grid, right? Um, 
during extreme peak hours. And then you recharge the batteries and that's right. It's, it's a proof of concept that we are able to deploy today as well. So there are things that we can do. And there's a rapid development and innovation in terms of all the functionalities that we will bring to the network. So there are things being done already today and there are things that will come in the future as well. That really brings in the evolution aspect to the green network evolution uh, that we're talking about. Is Are there any additional comments that any of our panelists would like to take up on that? Uh, the important thing is that now with 5G, we, we are designing. We started designing the new networks, uh, taking into account all these aspects about networks that are the green ones. So at the end, uh, there are several uh, points um, where we are, uh, several items where we are inter um, that we are improving on the, to reach the target uh, to become uh, net zero, net zero company, all of this uh, network. And uh, this one is going to be part of the network. Also the KPI that uh, Chris was mentioning, now they are going to be part of the standard. And uh, we will know more and more where to, what to measure. And also to understand if we are on track or not, also because telco, uh, telco, not just telco, but all the industries to be vigilant to understand if uh, the objectives, the goals are there, we are meeting these goals and where we are. But we need, uh, we need data, we need uh, KPIs and metrics to understand where, uh, where we are. Very true. Chris, one question for you is, uh, my question would be, we're talking about all of these new opportunities for how to design the networks of the future, et cetera. Are you seeing, what kind of urgency are you seeing for these technologies? Is there, is there demand, is there urgency to uh, implement um, these sustainable practices? Yeah. Um, I mean, first up, you know, we are an alliance uh, of, of, of uh, the industry. Um, and we, we write publications, you know, to try and sort of shape and uh, lead industry thought in this. Um, so we're not sort of directly connected to, uh, to knowing uh, the details of, of deployments and so on. Um, however, um, I can say that there's a, there's a lot of interest in this topic. Um, it's, it's very well uh, contributed to. Uh, we have uh, within NGMN... Uh, been running the sustainability topic since 2021. Uh, we've already had, uh, I think, four or five publications in 2021, which looked at opportunities and challenges, um, not just in relation to network energy efficiency, but in, in relation to uh, the wider sustainability topics, such as you know carbon emissions reduction, uh, reducing environmental impact, and so on. Um, and in 2022, uh, the momentum has continued. So we, we, we see, uh, you know, we have four working groups at the moment. Uh, one of them is looking at the network energy efficiency. Uh, one of them is looking at the KPIs and the, the, the two other ones are looking at uh, reducing environmental impact and uh, supply chain management. Uh, and all of these are, uh, you know, well attended. Um, we are you know, collecting, uh, you know, information and use cases. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, what Graciano has just, uh, just mentioned, uh, these topics are, are being covered. Uh, so, uh, you know, in the network energy efficiency side, you know, we do have uh, topics looking at uh, liquid cooling, 
uh, or immersion cooling, but also looking at sort of earlier technologies that could be deployed faster uh, as, as well. Um, and also looking, looking much wider as well, as I said, about uh, other engineering aspects. So we, we, do, we do get a lot of uh, experts that, that, that come and contribute and, you know, our, our, uh, the operators, the vendors and academia are contributing to this to try and drive the industry forward. Thank you, Chris. Um, you, several uh, of you have now mentioned liquid cooling. Um, Peter mentioned feeding energy back into the energy or electricity back into the grid. Uh, and now a major part of energy sustainability is making use of renewable energy. And uh, there has been talk of and there have been proof of concepts of base stations with solar panels on them. Um, from what I understand, one solar panel per base station isn't necessarily uh, the most sustainable uh, in terms of functionality. Uh, are we going to be seeing mobile operators going into the renewable energy manufacturing space? And uh, maybe this is a question for Peter as uh, business and technology. I think will we see is the wrong question. Are we seeing? Yes. We are seeing um, we are seeing operators investing heavily in their own solar panels and wind panels. We are seeing operators investing in battery um, battery storage facilities. Right? Um, we have seen solar panels for for quite some time on sites. Um, not necessarily in this part of the world, because for obvious reasons the sun isn't shining as much as it, we would like it to here. Um, but but we are seeing that, and, and to what extent these different things can complement each other to help out, they're doing it, right? So we have operators investing in this quite a lot. Um, <clears throat> I, I think I should mention here that if you think about the regulatory environment of base stations deployment, you usually don't want them to be very noticeable, especially in the urban areas, right? You want them to disappear. Um, if you add a sonal panel to each of them, it becomes kind of a challenge, right? And especially in an urban employment, you usually don't have a site which is uh, anywhere else than on a building. So I think it's much more um, relevant to talk about how can that building and how can the power distribution of that building become more renewable and sustainable. Maybe that building should have solar panels rather than the base station itself having it, right? So it, there's a variety of things coming together that need to be work together with utility companies, for example. But, but indeed, operators are making their own investments in the space already now. Now, you bring up an interesting point, and, and that's one point that's discussed a lot here at 5G Techratory, which is very much all about the cross-sectoral, cross-industry, cross-level collaboration. And, and here we see a mixture not only of uh, developers and, and engineers, but also decision-making and business analysts, etc., all talking about ways how we can drive uh, mobile innovation forward. And uh, it sounds like uh, this isn't a one-person job that there needs to be a collaboration from different spaces, from different industries. And, and then I would be interested in hearing from each of you about what you think has to happen in the community to actually move the dial for us to actually see significant progress in the green network evolution. Uh, maybe Graziano, you can start us off. I see, I see two things here. Um, first of all, we are, we are talking now about uh, uh, Telco. 
But uh, at the end, we have a value chain here because Telco has several providers. So, for example, Nokia, HP are providers of Telco. And what all these companies are doing, are already doing this one, and other companies are starting to do it, is just to take care of the whole value chain. Because when we talk about reduction of emissions, there are three different types, scope one, two, and three. And the most part of these emissions in a company are scope two and three that are the indirect emission. So companies starting from the telco up to the, all the providers of the chain have to take uh, care and to put um, some requirement on their providers to do exactly the same. Uh, operators are doing that one. Now, my company is doing this one. Is, uh, everything is uh, transparent and documented. And we offer also services for uh, our providers in order to respect the same um, requirements that we are respecting for the, for the environment. So they are reducing uh, uh, um, gas emission. They are uh, using renewable um, uh, energy and uh, in decreasing power efficiency. And uh, so this is a really important aspect to take care of the complete value chain, starting from the telco to the last uh, provider. Um, another, uh, another aspect uh, is uh, about uh, investment on uh, renewable energies, because at the end, renewable energy is a are a good investment. Again, my company has uh, started this investment because the, it's true that energy is used by company to produce the final products, but it's also true that uh, renewable energy can be resold to other companies, so it's also a good investment. So, uh, to complement that, I think one of the major things we can do as companies and as, as members of society is, is to lead by example. Right? So we at Nokia have made a number of sustainability commitments regarding renewable energy regarding recycling of material and so forth. We want to do that because we want to encourage other companies to do the same. And then, of course, we need to fulfill all those commitments, and then we're going to make the next commitments. And it's all about incremental gains. Right? Um, what I think is important to recognize is that society in general has really taken, started to take action. So there's a lot of focus on this, a lot, there's a lot of commitments being made. So we're accelerating in the right direction, but it's going to be about incremental gains. It's going to take time, but we're moving in the right direction, which I think is very heartening. Thank you. Chris? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think you're, you're right to identify that, uh, you know, there's challenges across all industry sectors as to how do you get to net zero. Uh, and, you know, collaboration is, is, is very important to be able to achieve that. I, I completely agree with uh, Graciano regarding the, the importance of the value chain and the supply chain. Uh, in fact, in NGMN Alliance, we have a group that specifically is looking at that issue. Um, you know, it's, so that's the challenge of how do you ensure that uh, you're aligned with operator's strategy for net zero is aligned with uh, the suppliers or the suppliers are aligned with their strategies so that uh, you can both move in the same direction. Um, and it's, it's not just, uh, you know, this is not just about uh, energy efficiency, but it's also about, um, you know, uh, recycling, repair, uh, reducing waste, uh, use of scarce uh, materials and products, um, use of scarce resources such as water and so on. So it, it's the whole gambit uh, across everything. Uh, but it's not just the, the, the mobile or the telco industry that, that has, has uh, th this issue. It really is, you know, every industry sector. 
so we we do need to all work together. Um, a lot of the um, a lot of some of the work that that we are doing, uh, it, it, we do reference and and look towards uh, other organisations that are are setting uh, targets or, or have um, you know plans in place. Things like the like CDP or the Science Based uh, Targets Initiative. Um, so yeah, it's really important to work together. Um, this is why you know NGMN Alliance exists it exists for uh, the industry to come together to solve these challenges together because I don't think anybody is going to be able to do this themselves. Uh, you need to work together on industry solutions. Thank you, Chris. That really emphasizes and all of your answers really bring back home uh, the reason why it's important for us all uh, to come together and discuss these topics and to understand that uh, this isn't a topic that's only dependent on one operator or vendor or, or what that might be. And it's not even just the mobile industry. It's so much more. And, you know, we were talking about uh, building energy efficiency to make use of the base stations better and so on. And so to finish off uh, this panel discussion, I wanted to start, uh, kick off, no, finish off with um, maybe a provocative and maybe not so easily answered question. And, and so when I was doing uh, research, I, at, at the surface, the, the outlook seemed bleak. Uh, data was showing that um, one 5G base station is estimated cons to consume the same amount of energy as 73 homes, uh, as well as three times the amount of power as a 4G base station. And then Peter mentioned um, very correctly that it's about incremental gains. So my question for you guys is, when are we going to see and when will we be able to confidently say that 5G networks are sustainable? Graziano, do you want to give us <laughs> an estimate? <laughs> uh, no, it's, uh, it's very difficult to, to give an estimate, but uh, uh, we are going to that direction because we have already taken care, uh, differently from the design of all the previous networks, so we are uh, taking care of uh, all these aspects and um, as a new business case arise. I, I'm not completely sure about the, the data that <laughs> I have some doubts, but probably, probably that data are coming from a real novelty that is, uh, has been introduced by the FG. It's not just about the, um, the same services offered by the previous network that uh, have a parallel no, in the 5G, 5G. Maybe they are more related to the forcing feature that's more uh, about the private sector, the private 5G networks that for now we have uh, POC, but we are not very, they are not very spread. And in that case, we are talking about uh, IoT, billion devices connected to the network, and uh, other, a uh, lot of other use cases. Uh, this is a novelty for to introduce it by the 5G, and uh, here we, ca we can have a gap, but a gap that we, have, uh, we are already analyzing, because the having connectivity at the edge also means a challenge, because the several, most part of the computation of the intelligence can be uh, put on the edge. So we don't need, if we are connecting devices, we don't need to send all the info directly to the data centers but or to the base station. We can collect them on the edge, we can compute, pre-process all this information, we can reduce the bandwidth of the data that we can aggregate this data and uh, to send back to the uh, data centers. But uh, yes, we, we are... We are taking note, we are, uh, we are observing and we are foreseeing. That's why we need data as a uh, matrix, as uh, I was saying before. 
We need data as a metric, and, and that's exactly what Chris is working on. So Chris, what's your estimate? When, when are we going to be sustainable? <laughs> oh, well, um, well, of course, of course all, many, of the, many, many of the operators do have targets in order to reach uh, you know, net zero by certain timeframes. Uh, I know it's not directly related to energy efficiency, but, but you know, they will be looking to uh, be more energy efficient because as everyone's identified, it, energy costs money. So therefore, you know, reducing energy usage is a good, is a good thing. Uh, I think to your, to your point, uh, when I think uh, you need to look at it in terms of maybe technology cycles. So we're in 5G at the moment, uh, you know, 5G will be, uh, is, is, is running, um, you know, the more advanced flavors of 5G are perhaps yet to be uh, widely deployed, uh, you know, sort of 5G standalone, but, but they, they will come along. Um, they will uh, be uh, virtualized, disaggregated, you know, towards cloud native, right? So all of the uh, energy saving or potential for uh, closely matching supply to demand uh, that Graciano identified earlier, that that will start to take shape as well. Uh, so maybe you're talking sort of uh, over the next, like, you know, four, four or five years. Um, and of course, everything that we learn from 5G and from making 5G the, the, the most sustainable uh, deployment that we can make it, uh, we're going to take that forwards into 6G as well. So, um, yeah, I, I'm pretty positive about it. I think that there's a lot of effort in the industry to make this happen. Uh, and, and uh, you know, there's a, a, a genuine need to make it happen as well. So, Thank you, Chris. And you make me wonder, maybe I'm asking the wrong question. Maybe the right <laughs> question is, will 5G ever be sustainable? And maybe it's something that we'll see only with the advent of 6G. Peter, can, you can finish this off. <laughs> well, I, I think it would depend on your definition of sustainability because these equipment will consume energy, right? So it has to be about um, them being completely recyclable, using renewable sources and using renewable energy. Um, I want to mention that 5G is more energy efficient than 4G already today if you look mm. at it per bit, right? So moving traffic from legacy uh, technologies to 5G actually improves energy efficiency for a given data volume, right? That's true already now. Um, if I look at where Nokia's commitments are, we, we have commitments to, for example, the scope one and scope two um, in, I think, the 2025 timeframe. Some of our recyclable uh, commitments are in the 25 to 30 timeframe. Um, but we're definitely moving towards the kind of time frame that Chris is talking about in the next five or six years. But I think you can argue that 5G is a more sustainable technology than 4G in the sense that it's more efficient for a produced bit. Mm -hmm. But processes more bits. Yeah. Hey, that's, a, that's the argument du jour, isn't it? <laughs> okay, so we have just about finished up with our time for the panel. Thank you so much, panelists. Uh, and we can move on to questions uh, from the audience, in person, and online. Uh, Valde, can you take over? First, a uh, round of applause before we get to next step. So next step is the result of the poll. It looks like, uh, Julia, you did it yourself because uh, answering which do you think is more energy efficient, 4G or 5G networks, 4G, 25%, and then uh, 5G, 75%. So three times more. Yeah, 
There you go. Right, precise. So if there are any questions, subjections, as we yesterday came up with a new word, subjections. So <laughs> please just raise your hand. Yeah. So it looks like everyone agrees to whatever you said. <laughs> Thank you very much. And once again, <laughs> anything to add uh, at the end of this one, Julia? Oh, I'm very glad that we're having this conversation, that it's being brought up and that it has such a prominent place in the plan over 5G Tegratory. And I'm so thankful for our panelists to have taken the time to share their thoughts and think in depth about the topic because I would say that it is the most important question of, of our generation. All right. All right. So, let us do some great work in 2023. So we have a lot of exciting news to talk about uh, at the next 5G Tech Retory. That is one thing I would like uh, to...